FM 102.9, 105.9, and 1310 on your smart speakers. Who's talk KZRG? Ted Bohorkas, Steve Scott will be in after 8.40 this morning. I'm Peter Thiel. He's the congressman that serves southwest Missouri. He's also our friend, Eric Burleson. Good morning, Eric. Happy New Year. Good, beautiful morning. Absolutely. Um, this, 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 we got some snow, and it's the perfect amount. You know, just enough to say we got snow and that it looks pretty, but not too much to cause so, road problems. So you got a little dusting over in Ozark? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we, it's, it's perfect. We uh, just saw a few flakes in this part of the state. And uh, it That's was the, more like snow dandruff is what we got. Usually we get whatever <laughs> we Springfield and Ozark gets whatever went through Joplin and, and uh, Neosho hours before. So it's surprising that you didn't get you didn't get snow. Yeah, it's you know saw a few flakes, but I mean it was just it was almost nothing. So the White House sent uh, you know a couple of folks down to meet with uh, Lopez Obrador in Mexico, and Obra, you know uh, Lopez Obrador is busy telling the United States what we're going to do with illegal immigrants and what we're going to do with migrants. He's setting the tone, not the Biden administration. What the heck? Yeah, what the heck? And why is the Biden administration negotiating the border with? With, um, you know, with what do they think their policy changes with Mexico are more important than Congress or more important than the speaker and more important than the Senate? Um, it's at the end of the day, I don't trust Mexico, who has empowered the cartels. And, and we all know that the Mexican government officials are on the take from the cartels. I don't trust them to end this gravy train because there's a reason why that they, they're allowing all these immigrants to come across their country. And it's because they're making thousands of dollars on every person that's coming across. So this is, this is, in my opinion, a fool's errand, and it's not the right policy. We could fix the problem. Joe Biden could fix the problem right now because Trump had the exact same laws, and he and, he and his administration interpreted them in a way in which allowed him to shut down the border to minimal numbers. But Joe Biden won't do that. And so we have to change policy. And I think that some of the bills, so when, when the Biden administration wants money for Ukraine, it's not going to happen. And not just, I, I, I think that we need to stay in resolute and say, we're not going to have any kind of lip service language. We're not going to pass something that looks good in the press but doesn't really actually fix the problem. We have to have mechanisms in whatever we pass that a take away the authority or the um, you know the leniency of, of any presidential administration from enforcing the border. That needs to be first and foremost. It two it needs to make sure that if it, if if it if the federal government isn't doing its job that there's a fail-safe that the states can step in and do what the federal government isn't doing. Give the states the power to deport people to, to back to their original country, to erect walls. Give the states the power to enforce the border when the federal government fails to do it. Yes, the other thing that Lopez Obrador of Mexico, the president there, 
He has also said that he wants the United States to drop sanctions on Cuba and Venezuela. And right. The, and the so Biden administration, the you know, the deal is, is that uh, Trump was dealing with Lopez Obrador and Trump just said, here's what we're doing. And are you on board or not? And uh, and it was, you know, Trump dictated the terms and the Biden administration is unwilling to or just incapable of doing such. Yeah, they don't have the, the yeah, Trump was a master negotiator. He knew how to yeah, he knew how to go into a meeting and how to how to come from a position of strength. Joe Biden comes on bended knee. Yeah. And it comes from a position of weakness. We should not be begging Mexico to fix our problem. We're the United States of America, and this president is has made the, the greatest country on earth, the most powerful country on the planet, the a weak country. Yeah, we are now looking at uh, it's. I have a feeling by uh, next year uh, we will see uh, aggressive military action by China. In uh, and I hope I'm wrong on this, and I hope and I hope you call me Eric and tell me I'm completely wrong. I think that they are going to walk into Taiwan. That's what uh, apparently Chairman Xi told. Biden that they're going to take Taiwan back by any means necessary when when she was in San Francisco for their little summit a while ago and uh, and apparently Biden just stood there like a like a scarecrow instead of just saying hey no you're not and we're just going to go and we're going to put every ship in that region right between you and Taiwan and don't mess with us and uh, but that didn't happen Right, it didn't happen, and I think though, Peter, what what's changing too? I think you're right. I think China is going to invade Taiwan if we don't take serious action. Um, what what we're seeing happen in Ukraine is is something that we that our military leaders, I hope, they're learning from, which is that you you're being able to see because of the advent of drones and the availability of very cheap technology to deliver. Um, to, develop, to deliver bombs and missiles, um, you're seeing Ukraine take out Russia's top, you know, battleships and destroyers in the in the Red Sea. And so, to me, that should send us that should send a message to our our Navy that hey, we have to figure out how to how to um, deal with these kind of, this this new technology these this new form of warfare, and then B, um, we need to we need to not hedge all of our bets in in the fleets, if you if you will. We need to focus on on improving the land in Taiwan, improving the uh, you know buttressing the, the actual physical land and putting armaments in Taiwan that can defend the country as a whole. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good time. Uh, hopefully, tw- yes, twenty twenty three wraps up, and uh, this was your first complete year in Congress. Uh, tell us what uh, the good part of the job is. There one? Um, you know, honestly, and I'm not trying to be too cheesy here, but it was when when the honor flights come in. It truly is kind of I. It's different because. I spend most of my time, 99% of my time, 
on Capitol Hill. And, and that means I'm, I'm within about a mile of the Capitol building. I don't see the monuments. I don't see um, the beautiful parts of Washington, D.C. outside of the Capitol building. And, and, but I do whenever the honor flight comes in. And, I, and the moments that I had this year where I got to stand there at the World War II Memorial and shake the hand of every veteran and their, and their escort as they came through, it just was the first time it happened to me. I was overwhelmed with emotion. I couldn't hold back tears. And I'll tell you, I, I, I challenge any person to stand in that position and not feel the magnitude of the role and, uh, and, and that opportunity. So I would say that's probably the biggest, the, the biggest icing on the cake for me. What's the worst part? Um, I would say the traveling. Um, <laughs> there's, there's been moments where I've been, because I have to fly through Chicago or sometimes through Charlotte. And, and so I don't get a direct flight. The boarding and deboarding on a plane is infuriating. Um, the, but the worst moments are when I am in a flight and I'm in a window seat and there's a rather large person sitting next to me. A and robust individual, I've had a, yes. Yeah, and I've had a few few flights where I'm pressed up against a window, just counting counting the minutes until until we land. And yeah, I board. did. I did one flight from Atlanta to San Francisco probably about twenty years ago, Eric, and where I was on the window seat, and a, a generously proportioned individual was in the middle, and I was squashed against that thing for five hours. And I just sat there from then on, aisle, baby, aisle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I try to do everything I can to get aisle seats and as and and up front as much as possible. So it's the closer to the front and in the aisle is is what I try to get. But sometimes you can't get what you want. <laughs> there you go, Eric Burleson. Happy New Year, and thank you for your service to our community, Peter. I hope you have an amazing uh, twenty twenty four. God bless. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's Congressman Eric Burleson, everybody. It's News Talk KZRG.